Welcome to DesignCast. Jason Reagan will guide you through the MYP design course like a pro. Stay tuned. Welcome back to DesignCast. This is episode number three. I am very pleased to be podcasting again after another really long break. I hope that everyone's having a restful summer or winter, depending on where you are in the world. Uh, Today I'll be talking about a lot of things, but we'll focus primarily on Criterion B of the design cycle. In the next two episodes, I will cover each of the other two criteria separately. I hope this allows you to listen to the episodes that you're most interested in at the time, and also go back and listen to different episodes as you need clarifications. Okay, let's get right to it. Uh, Now we're going to talk about the strands of Criterion B, which is developing ideas, that criterion. The first strand is developing design specifications which clearly state the success criteria of the design solution. This is really misunderstood in many cases. Students have no idea what a design specification is, and a lot of times teachers misunderstand them as well. The IB does not necessarily explain what you should be doing as a design specification. However, there are guidelines that you can find online about what a designer would use for their design specification. One thing I've found is it has to really tie from the needs of the target audience and the client, which hopefully you would have uh, ascertained through various forms of surveys and uh, interviews and, and the like. And then the students would then want to create basically a roadmap that they're going to use for their design specification, but the biggest thing that students misunderstand about this is that those roadmaps must be measurable. So you can't just say it has to look good. You need to explain what looking good means because it means different things to different people. And so it can come in lots of different forms. I've seen it in a list. I've seen it in a chart. I've seen it um, tied directly back to the original brainstorm or mind map that the students have done. So the specification is definitely something that um, it's going to be highly personalized, but the younger students need guidance. And so as a teacher, our job is to provide that guidance or format that they can use as a suggestion. So if you have questions about design specifications, the first thing I did was I actually looked at what graphic designers use and what interior designers use and even engineers use as their design specifications. And that did help me come up with a style that I felt was usable, but it also is going to depend on what the actual outcome is, if it's going to be digital, if it's going to be product. Those sorts of things will have a huge bearing on the kind of design specification that you will come up with. Next, there's the develop a range of feasible design ideas, which can correct be correctly interpreted by others. And that's coming up with sketches and ideas. Uh, if you've ever watched a home improvement show where someone's going to come in as a designer and help and increase the value of the home or whatever, they show sketches and they show ideas, and then they get feedback from the client. And so what you're looking for there is very basic, very... Um, brainstorm ideas that students come up with, but keeping in mind the word feasible is there. So it's got to be where you can use products, uh, use materials that are available locally, 
or be able to get your hands on those materials. So it can't be that you're going to make a chocolate truffle cake, but you have a really hard time getting truffles, those sorts of things. So you want to make sure the design ideas are actual feasible ideas. I do encourage students to brainstorm as much as possible during this time, but also that they have to be able to share those ideas with people that maybe don't understand what they're talking about. So they have to be easily interpreted by the other people who might be looking at those designs. Using classmates is a good way to do it, but uh, the younger students do need some scaffolding and some help with that. Also, presenting your chosen design and justifying its selection. That justification comes directly from the design specification, so you need to have some way to tie that back, whether it's a checklist, a tick box or whatever maybe it's a range or some sort of survey but you have to be able to tie it back to those measurable terms in the design specification and then that presenting the chosen design basically is being able to clearly understand it so presenting it could be a computer-aided design it could be a really nice mechanical drawing design or a technical sketch but it does need to be something that's a lot clearer more polished uh, and a lot better. And that criterion B strand three about the, the chosen design, you know, it's those students selecting the design based on what the client wants. So it may be needing to go back to the client asking for a bit more detail. Once that's been done, there is a final strand, which is to develop the accurate and detailed planning drawings or diagrams and outline the requirements force creation and that's basically where you get together your parts list you get together your materials list and those sorts of things but also those designs that they've made need to be good enough that they could be sent away to a manufacturing facility or a shop that someone else could interpret them and actually make them so that's where the difference between strand three and four are is that when they present the final chosen design and they justify why they chose it that's where they've got various uh, tick boxes or rating system or whatever. But criterion B4, uh, where they're developing accurate and, and detailed planning drawings, is where students will need to be able to create something that a manufacturer or a um, fabricator could create. I've had a lot of questions uh, communicated with me, whether it's in workshops or while on school visits or as a consultant for MYP schools, uh, and I want to clarify them the best I can here. And I've put together just a list of very common questions to do with Criterion B, and hopefully this will help clarify some of those questions for you. For example, how many specifications is enough for each level? And again, that's going to come right down to the kind of uh, activity you're asking the students to do as their task, what kinds of students you have, the age group, the language ability. There's so many different things. Ultimately, it comes down to measurable specifications and making sure that you can measure what those are. Again, we're trying to prepare students. If they were to go to the DP Design Tech course, the specifications there are quite uh, extensive, and so we want to make sure students are prepared for that sort of rigor. I would say starting with uh, your year one MYP year one students, you're looking at, you know, 5, 10, 
specifications would probably be adequate, whereas your year five students or grade 10 students would be, you know, much more than that. But again, it comes down to quality over quantity. And so having enough specifications really has to do with the depth and the quality of those specifications. Another one I get is to do with the 7-8 band within the specifications. And one of them is says based on analysis of research or data collected. And what does this really mean? Again, it's going to depend on the age group. It's going to depend on what the task is you've asked. But ultimately, the data collected is not only to do with the product, but mostly to do with the client. And so I would say starting students early on getting really good data from their clients and having a really good uh, sample of those clients is a really important part of this uh, task and a part of this exercise. Also, what does it mean to have a range of designs? And again, that's that the designs don't look so similar that you're basically changing only one component, but that there's actually thought given to giving, uh, to looking at various designs that have the same function possibly, but the form is very different. But basically, meaning needing to change those designs enough to where there are different designs. So a range of designs means these designs are not only feasible, but there's lots of different opportunities and uh, changes to those designs that doesn't necessarily affect the function, but that does change maybe how it looks or that sort of thing. Um, what is an appropriate medium to present the design? And I, that's going to come down to, are you doing digital design? Are you doing product design? It's really up to you as long as it's presented clearly and accurately. Uh, so it can be a hand drawing as long as it's very clear what's going on, the measurements are accurate, that sort of thing. It could be a CAD design. It could even be a storyboard. It ultimately comes down to what's the task and what sorts of things are you looking for in that task. Develop a range of feasible designs. I've talked a little bit about that already. So basically making sure that the designs are something that could possibly be made with the current technology and the current materials that we have available. And then to present your chosen design comes down to the details that you add to the actual drawings or design ideas. So it could be a second page of a description of how the design functions, or it could be a list of recipe items and how long those are stirred or shaken or mixed. So it really will depend on the age group and the various tasks that you've asked the students to do. And then planning drawings and diagrams, which one's better, it again comes back to what the task is. So a lot of this, I know I keep saying the same thing over and over, but the task itself is going to determine a lot of the answers for you. Uh, I know that if you've sent work off to be checked in the ePortfolio, um, it's going to come, that's going to come down a lot to what the students have done. So it's going to be, have they picked an appropriate medium for their design idea or what their final design looks like, that sort of thing. So I hope that's helped to clear up a few questions that you might have had. Finally, I've reached out to some other NYP design teachers that I know, and Luke Crowther, uh, who teaches in Hong Kong at an IB school, has had some really good suggestions regarding Criterion B. 
So here are some of the suggestions that he sent me. One of the questions I asked was, how do you teach and measure the design specifications? And he said that in the past, he used uh, to structure the amount of points focusing on Access FM, which if you're familiar is a protocol that students can use uh, for their specifications, but many of the criteria didn't lend themselves to certain products. So he tried to establish which points were most transferable across most projects and disciplines uh, to create a stable starting point. This became what they called the Fab Four. Um, and from here, they expect students to develop a plus one in grade six, a plus three in grade eight, etc. So they just keep adding to those points. The most important thing that they did um, was to, what this did in the design specification was to show him the links of how the research and how relevant the additional points were according to the task with the statement of inquiry and the global context. Uh, what sorts of techniques did you use to teach the generation of design ideas and he said he used analogies he used a four by four scamper he said he liked to use a ball of string analogy across the street three stages of development so in the initial ideas for the brainstorming the ideas were plentiful and fun and creative and most of the interesting um the most interesting are then taken into the developed form and then they start forming those where the concept of feasibility is studied and then the final idea which is the performing what they actually make is the idea that best meets the brief workshop resources students and teachers skills and the time available I like that design idea of the string where you start with lots and then as it unravels it becomes smaller and smaller that's a really neat analogy another question i asked is how do you vary the design ideas uh, documentation from digital to product and he said in a perfect world the initial ideas are mostly hand-drawn developed ideas are hand-drawn with a mix of cad and modeling with like paper and card which do include some form of client feedback in comparison against the specs. The final idea for them would actually be a CAD drawing. And then I asked him, what do you expect from your students in regards to presenting the final idea? And he said he's reduced his expectations over the years. And now he likes to see a 3D drawing. It's a student's choice on how they do that. Maybe an isometric or perspective drawing with rendering to reflect materials and a comparison against the design specifications. So maybe a star profile or a table. And then finally, a written description explaining how this idea above all the others has been chosen. That description would then uh, cover things like the chosen material, process techniques, and the summary of the client feedback. I really hope that some of that uh, is going to be useful to most of you, or at least some of you. I do want to also uh, talk about some possible topics and activities that we could do moving forward uh, with DesignCast now that we have some really awesome opportunities uh, for future podcasts and events. Several of the ideas that um, I have or have had uh, has been in consultation with J.D. Holtrop, who's over in uh, Qingdao, China. And so I don't want to take all the <laughs> all the claim for it, but he's really got some great ideas, and we've, we've hashed through some of those. One possibility is like a live video podcast that's set up in a, a different NYP design teacher's classroom each time, and the day go around, and they explain what each station 
is like or pieces of equipment to explain how they use them to support their students in the use of the design cycle. So if you're interested in possibly um, sharing that with us, I'd love to hear from you. That would be a really, really cool thing I know I would be interested to see. I also want to know what your students are doing well. Uh, I want to hear what they're doing now. Obviously, it's the summertime, but how did they finish the year up or mid-year? If you're in the Southern Hemisphere, what's what's some of the stuff that you guys are doing? Because I know they're doing great. So please share. I've already seen some really cool things that are up on the Google Plus group. We are now over, I think, 1,300 members, which is absolutely mind-blowing. If your students are doing something particularly innovative or you've got something really great to share, we'd love to see them on that space. Um, and now that everyone's out there doing terrific work, we'd like to hear about it. I know that each and every one of you are doing some great things with your students. And even if it's your first year, please share. We'd love to hear from you. And we're living in such innovative times. We need to share as much as possible. Finally, I would love to hear from you. There are a number of ways to get in touch with me. Uh, you can use the Google Plus community that many of you are already members of to share that with me. You can email me at Mr. So M-R dot Reagan, R-E-A-G-I-N. So M-R dot R-E-A-G-I-N at gmail.com. You can call me on my Google voicemail, which is plus one six seven eight eight seven zero six six seven six i promise i will not answer the phone <laughs> it's a directly goes to voicemail if you'd like to leave me a message that you'd like to be played on a future podcast that would be awesome i've been using voxer i really like it my voxer id is w-j-r-e-a-g-i-n and you can send me a message and i will do my best to play it you can also follow me on twitter at d-i-s-k O N the number four N O or just visit my website at http gg.gg slash designcast to find out more ways to connect with me. I look forward to hearing from you. Uh, if you want to send me questions or suggestions about Criterion C, then please send them along and I will try to include that audio or those written uh, transcripts in my future podcast episodes. I really want to thank Luke for his insights on Criterion B. I think you got some great things going on in Hong Kong, Luke. And of course, Mariana Garrity for her excellent intro. It never, ever gets old to listen to. So thanks so much for tuning in, and I look forward to hearing from you soon. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We will see you on the next episode.